Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So as we are recording this, we are about a week away from the See You on the 7th event, uh, which is expected to be sort of like the big fall Apple event. Um, They used to uh, be pretty typical that Apple would do a couple of events in the fall. They seem to be moving to just one. So like next week on the 7th is going to be kind of the kind of it probably this year. And so uh, while the actual like speculations about what's going to be announced and those types of things are mostly hardware related. So we're not going to probably talk too much about that. Um, but it seemed like a good time to talk through sort of the concepts of what to expect, what to prepare for, and what to think about um, going into next week. Because what will probably happen, at least this is just based on you know, past history, hopefully predicting you know, future results, is the well, they'll have the you know the actual announcement. I think it's at 10 a.m. Pacific next Wednesday, and they'll announce all the things. And that sometime a few hours after that, they'll release all the uh, the GMs of everything. So it'll be the you know the GM of iOS, WatchOS, Sierra, TVOS. Those will all go out. Um, so we can, you know, download them and do all of our final tests and checks and all those kinds of things, uh, for hopefully all the app updates that we've been working on and we'll get, we'll have the opportunity to work on that. And then sometime, probably that night, um, it always drives me a little bit crazy because I live on the East coast. And so all of these things are happening West coast times. And so the opening of iTunes connect to submit new binaries built with the new stuff will sort of open you know, sometime late that night, usually. Uh, I'm trying to think last year, it may have been something like 10 p.m. my time, something like that. Um, It opened up. And so at that point, you know, you can build your new app and you can submit it to the App Store um, because usually the new OS updates will be be released to the public about a week later. Um, So in this case, that'll be around the 14th. um, And in anticipation of the iPhones and any new hardware that's coming out launching probably um, the following Friday. So they usually, they've typically in the last few years, they've staged it so that iOS really updates come out first. Those go out over the air um, to all the existing iPhones in the world. And then the iPhones will launch a few days later. Um, and ideally your app will be ready to go on day one. Um, on the plus side, that's probably easier this year than it's ever been because app reviews so fast now that before when, you know, app review length was about a week if you didn't submit in that first wave of people, you know, so when they open up, they open up the floodgates at say, you know, 10 PM on Wednesday. Um, if you weren't in that first wave, you may actually not be ready to go. Usually they do a great job. They would try as hard as they could. You kind of got the impression that during that week, app review was like all hands on deck, but still it was always important to try and be in there really soon so that you were ready on day one. Whereas this year it's, if, if app reviews are going to take a day or two, you may even be able to get a couple of rejection approval cycles, um, through in that time. But that's sort of what I'm expecting for next week. Does that make sense to you based on past experience? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the most likely to happen for sure. I mean, one thing that, that is uh, worth observing this time is this is going to be the first big rush of submissions since the app review delay dropped uh, suspiciously from one week to less than one day. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see like if, you know, basically how much the influx of submissions affects that time, uh, whether it really makes it spike back up to maybe a week or maybe it, you know, it does it keep itself nice and nice and fast the way it has been for these last few months. Also, I think it'll be interesting to see what the rejection uh, controversy of the year will be, 
You know, like every, yes. every every year, like you know, every time there's a new version of iOS that adds new capabilities, uh, the whole bunch of people try to take advantage of those. And some of some of the things people try to do, uh, Apple decides uh, that's not within what we what we had in mind, or that's not the kind of thing we want to allow. And uh, so even if there wasn't necessarily a rule that explicitly prohibited it uh, during development before, uh, oftentimes new rules will be created and established uh, during this initial fall rush. Uh, because, you know, you know, it's usually, you know, it's not like it's not usually like evil or anything. It's usually just like Apple didn't realize that, oh, you know what? We didn't think about that thing that you just did with this new ability we had. And we don't want you to do that. Um but inevitably, this always causes lots of grief for all the people involved, uh, the developer, Apple, and all of us who who read about it and complain about it, uh, because ultimately that these are all really messy policies and messy problems that are that are hard to get right on all sides. Um, and so I think it'll be interesting to see what that will be. There's a lot of new stuff available that you can play with now, a lot of new apps, app capabilities you can do. Um, all, the entire Messages app store, to me, is fascinating. Uh, I, I, I'm really curious to see what happens there. I'm, I'm also really curious to see whether there will be a big rush of iOS 10 apps on day one or for day one. Because it seems to me, and this this could just be like anecdotal or the people I hang around with or whatever else, you know, this is based in nothing except my own intuition and anecdotes. But it does seem to me that there is less of a push to get your stuff out there on day one recently as the App Store economy becomes, as we discussed last episode, as the economy becomes a lot more challenging. Uh, and a lot of indies uh, just have bowed out or have had to take consulting work to to pay a lot of the bills. Uh, and a lot of, you know, there's there's basically like it, there's less. I think there's less upside now to rushing your stuff out and being there on day one for new platforms, new capabilities, uh, new iOS versions, things like that, because the app market has cooled down so much for people like us. Um, but. I don't know. I mean, you know better than I would because you, you, you are almost always out there on day one uh, with, with new stuff. Have you, do you think it's still worth getting out there on day one? And do you, do you expect a lot of people will? Or is it, is it either not worth it or can people not really afford to spend that much time on it? I think so. It is always, yeah, I've, I've done a lot of getting ready for day one. And this year, my plan is I, I would originally had been hoping to have uh, my next new app ready for day one. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. But instead, I'm just going to have um, updates for iOS 10 and watchOS 3 for my main apps will be ready on day one. You know, they're essentially ready now. I'm in the final stages of testing. And um, I've been focused on that. And I think though that makes a lot of sense that if you have an existing product that has a new capability that it can take advantage of, um, to be ready on day one, that's like, it's sort of, you're, you're in a doubly good situation there on the one side. Um, like in this case, for a lot of my apps, watch OS three is the big new thing. And it's so great for me because my apps are, can really take advantage of that and be a lot better. Um, so this, you know, a lot of my apps are going to be switching to, they're going to require, still require iOS nine, but they're going to require iOS or watch OS three. Um, because watchOS 3 is just so much better. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to just dropping support for watchOS 2 and just plowing ahead there, and that'll be better for uh, developers. And then I think also it's, it's, it's also beneficial to you because if you have an existing app, especially one with a reason, you know, any kind of existing audience following, whatever, and you 
do an update that takes advantage of the new stuff, I think it's easier to get on Apple's radar uh, for being featured or being in that group of, you know, things like, or even not from Apple, just from the press. Like, it's easier to kind of get it, get that little boost of attention. But other than that, like, it is a, I think there was a time when trying to fight for that, that day one, like being the first to do something maybe mattered more. But I will certainly say I don't think it matters nearly as much as it used to to be in that first wave of things because in general it's so difficult and the volume of apps coming out in the App Store is so high that in some ways it's worse to be in that first wave. Like this is always the tension that I've always felt when I come and I come towards the end of the summer is on there's the upside of being in that first wave is like there's there's that there's a built-in audience looking for new stuff both on apple and their editorial team as well as in the press as well as customers like you know hey i got a brand new phone i wonder what i can oh it can do this cool new thing great i want to take advantage of that um but on the downside you're competing against all the people trying to take advantage of that built-in audience at the same time and so you're like the the focus that you could get on yourself is so much more diluted that even if you are ready and you are in that first wave and you do get some attention from some some other things you're going to be sharing that with you know tens or 20 of the other apps like you're going to be one of the you know here's the 10 new apps for iOS 10 you need to be aware of like the, you're going to be in a slideshow <laughs> right. you'll be you know you're on that slideshow on the verge or something you're not whereas if you wait a couple months and you release your new app in November say you may actually just get attention on your own in a way that is probably a bit more constructive, especially when, you know, as like, this is a really busy time for the, for the press in general. And so they're not quite as much looking for articles to write. Like if you do it later when new things are a bit slower in the news cycle and you're just, you know, it's, it's nice for them to have something interesting to write about. Like that has a great benefit too. And there's always been that tension. There's always been that, that tension between, if you're in that like that new group, it's like your your potential is bigger, perhaps, but your the risk of getting lost in the noise, I think, is also higher. Um, and I think so in general, like the fact that I'm not I'm going to miss day one with my next app. Like I there's a time when I'd probably be worried about that. At this point, I'm not really worried. I'm like that's fine. It'll just I'll release it sometime this fall when it's ready, and go from there. And I'm not too worried about being ready on day one, except for, you know, for the, for the up iOS updates that I have now. And obviously if you have an up, an app update that is necessary, um, you know, so if your app doesn't work correctly on the new platform or a situation like that, you obviously want to be ready on day one so that you don't have the situation where everyone installs iOS 10 and your app stops working. Like it starts crashing on launch or something like obviously you want to be um, ready on day one if that were the case, but in general, you can just kind of take it easy at this point, I'd say. And the good thing about that latter case, too, about like if your app actually doesn't work on 10, you probably know that already because that probably happened during the beta period. And so many people are on the betas these days that you can generally be sure that if your app, if the if the previous version build of your app, like if the, you know building with the iOS 9 SDK, but happened, but running it on iOS 10, if that has worked during the betas, it'll probably work during the GM. So you can be reasonably assured of that, you know, most of the time. But, you know, I too have, have faced a similar dilemma of like, do you want to join the rush? Do you want to compete in the rush and, you know, try to catch that big wave uh, early on? And ultimately, I, I don't know how big the wave is. Like the, the, the idea here is that you are competing with 
all these other you know attention grabbing uh, sources here, and all these other apps that are vying for features and press reviews and everything else. the The whole idea here is you're competing for that in order to get that that massive wave of people, and that the wave is the assumption is that the wave is big enough that it's worth it. But I'm not sure the wave is big enough because like what I what I've seen over the last you know well heck over the entire app store basically is you know there there are obviously years where iPhone and iPad growth is better than others and also the market has had fewer and fewer new customers uh, I think over time or at least recently um, that you know it seems like there's a lot of the a lot of the iPhone and iPad sales are selling to people who already had them and who were just upgrading uh, basically people who already had Apple IDs who might have probably already heard of and bought or not bought your apps and so what I've seen over time is you know it, major holidays like Christmas and major new iPhone and iPad releases used to cause big spikes in my sales or and or downloads and over time the size of those spikes has actually decreased that in recent years those spikes aren't actually that substantial and so maybe the right calculus here is to not compete for this big wave uh with all with everybody else because the wave isn't that big anymore or at least it's not big enough to make it worth all the competition and fighting for all the attention and so for me personally i mean this could all just be wishful thinking because I'm not going to be ready on day one either. Not even close. I have done, only, I've done only a very small part of the work on Overcast 3.0 so far, and it's most likely going to be a spring release, not a fall release. Uh, if I had to take a guess now, but I, you know, I, I think that's ultimately not that bad of a thing because, as you said, like there's so many people vying for this attention on on day zero of of the new release and and the new phones being released that. Like I, as a user, as a person who loves apps and reads blogs about apps and stuff, I get overwhelmed with all the announcements that, that are made, and I usually end up forgetting more than half of them. And I have to imagine that that happens to a lot, of, a lot of other people too, because there's just so much that happens during this time. So much is released that you know you could score big and get a lot of attention from it, but I think it's much more based on luck at that point uh, than the rest of the year when there's less competition per day for attention and you have generally a better chance of being noticed. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said too, for it's the looking at what you're trying to build and understanding if the, if it is truly imp- a new, I guess. Uh, so I'm thinking about a little bit of the history with um, one of my apps, pedometer plus plus, which is a step counter. And I remember quite specifically how that app came to be because it was one of those cases where being there on day one turned out to be perhaps perhaps not essential but very important for the way that it gained traction and so several years ago when the the apple first added a motion coprocessor to the iphone um that we'd gone through all the way through the summer like in wdc and there were no sign in any of the SDKs or in the GM or in the betas or anything about this new capability that was going to come out of the new phone. And at the event, Phil Schiller gets on the stage and says, hey, it has this motion processor that can count steps. And that evening, or I guess a few hours after the event, you know, Apple updates the new GMs and I go into the beta diffs and there's this whole new class, CM pedometer. And it was a way of measuring and tracking steps. And at this point, there's no hardware that exists that can do that. Um, the simulator doesn't do it. And I was like, you know, but I think this is kind of cool. I, I'd, I'd like to make a pedometer using this API. And so I spent the next week without a hard, without any hardware working on a version of this, you know, a version of the app that ultimately would become pedometer plus plus. And 
you know, I remember I, that, you know, that iPhone launch, I stayed up at, in, you know, till it, like, oh, it was not, like I said, not quite overnight. I got up maybe at like two or three in the morning. I went to line up at my local Apple store. I went, I got an iPhone. I ran back to my office. I plugged, you know, plugged it in, checked this app that I'd been working entirely theoretically um, the past week on, um, made sure that it worked. As, you know, as, as soon as it showed any kind of step counting, I just submitted it to the app store and hoped for the best. And it turned out that was a big, a big boon for that particular app because there were no apps at all that could, that were taking advantage of the M7 chip at that time. And so when people in the press, when uh, people who had just bought these new phones were looking to see if it, what, like, what is this new thing and how does it work? I was able to be an app that, you know, people could go and try. And so it was important to be in that first wave because there was this pent up sort of demand for that, that being in, not if I had released the same app a few months later, there wouldn't have been nearly that same sort of initial interest. And so that was a new situation, like something completely new and something that being there on being the first sort of mattered. Whereas a lot of updates or a lot of apps that if you're doing something that wasn't completely impossible before, you know, if you're doing, if you we're doing just an update to an existing app or it's an app in an existing category that takes advantage perhaps of the new stuff, but isn't completely new and revolutionary, then, you know, waiting probably doesn't matter as much. Um, but I'm definitely, you know, every year I will go to the event or go to the event. I'll watch the event next week. And one of the things I will certainly always be paying attention to is like, is there something new that they're announcing here that hasn't been in the betas that is going to magically appear next Wednesday? Um, and is there an opportunity there? Um, and if there is, like, maybe I'll chase after it. But I, if it's not in that category where you have something very specific that is wasn't possible before, it's probably fine to just let it go. Yeah, I'm curious to think, like, what, you know, for, for what we have heard in the rumor mill about these new iPhones um, and possibly new watches, I wonder, like, what what kinds of things might that be that, that become available next week that we don't know about yet? And, you know, according to the rumor mill, like, I, I think the the rumored dual camera uh, or dual lens camera on the on the big phone the the plus size phone that might be something interesting you know lots of people use their phones as cameras that's a really big business uh dealing with camera apps and photo processing and everything else so anything that is enabled by uh, a, a substantially better camera might be a really new category to go into later but of course there's gonna be lots of competition in that but uh, and even there like the tricky thing is whatever that new capability that camera has the built-in Apple camera will probably be able to do it. Oh, exactly. Because um, yeah. I think that's the thing where it gets really interesting is, is finding an opportunity where there's a new capability that Apple isn't themselves addressing at all. Like that, like that intersection is where really interesting app opportunities exist. And, and of course, and, and the watch also, like, you know, if, if the watch hardware comes out uh, as rumored sometime soon, who knows? And if the rumors are true that it has hardware GPS and maybe some other upgrades, like, would that also enable new stuff? It's like maybe it's it's tricky because it, it, like so many of these things I think about you know with the watch and GPS and maybe I'm just not creative enough but it, it's it's a tricky thing to imagine a totally new thing that you could do with that like it's useful for the watch to have GPS but because it requires your iPhone to be near to it to do anything with the data unless you're doing it sort of retrospectively it you your iphones had a gps in it since the 3g i think yep. or something like that, that. That's and right. so <laughs> it, it's it's not a brand new totally you know new capability and so it's 
tricky to to imagine what what that would be it's it's like it'll probably make existing apps better um and those kinds of changes are ones that are i think are less um exciting from a like new category perspective you know even like you're saying with the camera like there's lots of camera existing camera apps and so even if you took advantage of the new dual camera system in some amazing and awesome and cool way you're you're going into a already saturated market it's not a new market that um didn't exist before where suddenly rather than competing against thousands of apps, you're competing against 10 apps. Um, you know, that would be exciting. That would be interesting. But if you're, if it's just something that has been done before, but it's just now better, that's a, that's a harder sell. I think that's a fair point. Well, speaking of things that have been done before, but are now better, uh, web hosting has been done a long time. And our sponsor this week is Linode. Linode was not the first web host. They were not my first web host. They were probably not your first web host. Were they? No, I don't think so. Not probably not even by by a mile, right? I mean, you've been doing this no. stuff for a long time, right? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we're sponsored by Linode. Linode is not the first web host, but in my opinion, the best web host. Uh, they are a combination of high performance SSD Linux servers spread across eight data centers around the world, making them a fantastic solution for your server infrastructure. You get a Linode server up and running in just under a minute, with plans starting at just ten dollars a month, and that ten dollars now gets you two gigs of RAM. They recently upgraded it; ten bucks a month gets you two gigs of RAM. You'll be able to choose your resource level, Linux distro, and node location right from their manager tool. And let me tell you, I've used a lot of web hosts. Uh, I have never used a a web control panel, like a web host control panel backend thing that was as nice as Linode's. Not even close. They're, theirs is so much nicer than literally everything else I've ever seen. And I've again, I've been in a lot of web hosts before. And the Linode panel is one of the many reasons why I use it myself. Anyway, uh, Linode is great for tasks like running a private Git server, hosting large databases, running a mail server, operating powerful applications, and so much more. With industry-leading native SSD storage and access to a 40-gigabit network, I've never had any networking throughput issues there, uh, you'll have all the power you need to get your tasks done. Now, as a listener of this show, if you sign up at linode.com slash radar, you'll not only be supporting us, but you also get $20 towards any Linode plan. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, there's nothing to lose. So go to linode.com slash radar to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit, or use promo code RADAR20 at checkout. Thank you so much to Linode for supporting this show. Okay, so I guess one other thing that seemed like it made sense for us to dive into is if you have decided to, you know, join the rush and be in there in the the sort of the wild uh, craze to be in on day one, uh, there's an interesting aspect to that that I don't think is very well documented uh, just sort of generally. And so it seemed worth talking about. And that's the process um, that goes into being featured by Apple. Um, so this is, you know, I guess in many ways the goal, um, or at least is a nice confirmation that the work you've been doing is, you know, is, is good, is, is, is worthwhile, is perhaps going to have some success. Um, is, you know, when you submit your application to the App Store and you then get an email back from Apple saying your app is being considered for promotion, um, which I remember, you know, I, the first time I got one of those, I mean, it's like dancing around my office. Like that is so cool to, because up until that point, so much of your development process has been entire, you know, fairly isolated or lonely. Like you've, or like you've shown it to your friends, but obviously they're going to be nice to you because <laughs> they're your friends. But <laughs> Apple has no interest in being nice to you in that regard. Like if, if your app isn't good, they're not going to feature it. And so it's really cool to get that external validation when you get a little email. And the way that process typically works is you'll get an email back and it'll say, 
um, you know, hey, your app is being you know considered for uh, promotion within the App Store, and they need some things from you. And it's important to probably emphasize that they say considered for promotion. It's anything, anything that ha- any interactions you have you have with Apple in this sort of process are entirely. There's no guarantees that they may or may not end up actually featuring you. It's just going to depend on what makes sense, what you give back to them. You know, like a lot of times I get the impression that there's different group, you know, they're trying to put together different campaigns or collections of apps on their end. And if they don't get enough apps in one category or just they decide to go another way, maybe they'll just, you know, sort of that, that particular promotion that they were thinking about may not ever run. Uh, But what they'll ask you for is essentially that banner that you see um, in the App Store. So if you open up the App Store right now on your phone and go to any category or the featured pages, you'll see like the not not the app icon uh, display, the kind of the bigger rectangles um, that you know usually have the app's name and some kind of artwork associated with it. Um, and essentially, Apple is just asking you to make um, that that banner for, for for you. And so, if you get one of these emails and you get uh, that you know get, get that artwork, usually it's said they still give you say something along the lines of you know you have a couple of days to get back to them. I would definitely encourage you to work hard to get something back to them. It's one of the, it's definitely I wouldn't push it in terms of if they say they need it by next Thursday, I'd get it to them next Wednesday. You know, you <laughs> want to be responsive and. Um, doing everything you can on there on your end, because I imagine you're not the only one they're sending that email to. And so anything you can do to make their life easier is going to just increase the chances that you're going to end up being featured, you know, that much more. Um, but you'll, you know, you'll put together this big PSD file, you'll send it back to them and then you wait. And the waiting part is definitely always a little bit um, disconcerting. Like I, you'll, you'll often find, you know, someone else will tell you that your app is being featured because you just never know when it's going to happen. There's not a lot of visibility into that. And they don't um, tell you even if they choose it. Like they, like no one tells yeah. you unless you notice it or someone else does. Exactly. Yeah. Like you, you, there, there's no, it's not, it's not a, it's not a, like a conversation you're having. It's very, you get the email that says, give us this thing and you upload the thing into iTunes connect and then you just wait. Yeah. Hey, it used to be FTP servers and before it was email attachments at one time. Like it, the system has gotten a lot better over the years. Um, so a couple things. Number one, uh, most uh, app metrics services, uh, things like app figures, the one I use, uh, they will usually have a way to track whether you're featured. So you don't have to be checking every store in every country with every category and every page. So usually like they will, they will have a way to track that, which is nice. Uh, also, Apple will occasionally request things for their social media accounts, and you and I have both had this happen. Um, that, so that that's like the App Store account on on Twitter, and I believe there's also one on Facebook. And the requirements are pretty different for those than for the regular promotional artwork. They they uh, have a lot of restrictions on them that basically mean that you will probably have to make something brand new just for that. Oftentimes, you will have to go to a designer just for that, or license new a new stock photo or something like that. That's one of the ones I did. Um, those are probably not worth it uh, in in my experience so far. Uh, it, so basically, these these artwork requests, it is almost always worth responding to them completely and quickly, but it is not probably worth having to go like hire a designer for a whole lot more time or buy new assets or create all new assets if it's going to be a, a lot of time or expense to you because the chances of you getting featured are already not probably above 50%. Uh, and the chances of you getting featured in a place that drives enough downloads to matter is pretty low as well. 
And so, you know, keep it, you know, keep your head straight when you get these requests. Don't go totally nuts trying to serve them with like the most amazing stuff in the world because, you know, it, the, the possible upside usually is fairly small. Um, and and the, the ones that have the larger upsides, like the big app store banners, are actually the easiest ones to make usually. So, so uh, yeah, don't go nuts. Yeah. And I, and I think that's probably fair to say that. I think it's important to you anytime you get an opportunity. I mean, and this applies probably to a lot of you know press publications as things as well. But in general, like if you have an opportunity to someone's asking for assets from you to help them promote you, like that's pretty much a good thing. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't go crazy. Like whenever I get the the social media ones that ask for things, like I just I'll go to you know a stock photo site, I'll find a, a relevant image. I'll uh, you know format it in the way they need it and send it off, and it's you know it's a maybe a couple hours work. Um, you could imagine going down the road of doing a lot of heavy work there, but it's probably not going to pay off um, because the difference between an amazing feature banner and a uh, just a, a basic feature banner is probably relatively small in terms of traffic. And like you said, I mean the, the social ones I found have some impact maybe on on downloads but not very much there's just not not nearly there's something not nearly as powerful as you know being promoted in the app store which is an app someone has launched because they're looking for an app and then (laughs) they see a promotion for an app so they're ready in the i want an app oh look here's an app oh let me get this app Um, that's always going to be more powerful than you know someone's on twitter looking at the news or on facebook looking at uh you know pictures from their friends and then they see uh, you know something about an app that this is never going to be as compelling so i wouldn't worry about it quite as much exactly yeah so keep your head on straight don't get your hopes up too far but respond quickly it sounds about right all right that's all the time we have for this week thank you everybody for listening and we will talk to you next week bye